Hello, I'm Rob Beckett. And I'm Josh Whittacombe. Welcome to Parents in Hell, the show in which Josh and I discuss what it's really like to be a parent, which I would say can be a little tricky. So, to make ourselves, and hopefully you, feel better about the trials and tribulations of modern day parenting, each week we'll be chatting to a famous parent about how they're coping. Or hopefully how they're not coping. And we'll also be hearing from you, the listener, with your tips, advice and, of course, tales of parenting woe. Because let's be honest, there are plenty of times when none of us know what we're doing. This episode is brought to you by Visit Myrtle Beach. You know what's better than getting away to a beach? Getting together at the beach. Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. They've got over 2,000 restaurants, live music playing all day and night, and endless attractions. This place was made for playing hard and beaching easy. Welcome to 60 Miles Where You Belong. The Beach, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Plan your trip at visitmyrtlebeach.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, you're listening to Parents in Hell with... Oh, for the love of God, Rob. My headphones are paired... Oh, you're fucking head... Josh, you've got to just get... This is actually ridiculous now. You've got to get headphones that work to record a podcast. I know, Rob. But these headphones do work. No, they don't, because this isn't the first time it's happened. The ones you've got wired in have broke. Now you're trying to plug in your little AirPods, but they've run out of charge. You have to do the little swap. They haven't run out of charge. i tell you what happened. Yeah. I had them paired up with my phone. So basically what happened is you said, hello and welcome to Parenting Hell. Yeah. I pressed play on my phone and it boomed into my ears. I hadn't even noticed that you've been coming out of my computer all the time. <laughs> oh my God. Why is it not giving me the option of my fucking headphones? Yeah, but these headphones work though, yeah? Shoot me in the fucking head. This is unbelievable. To be fair, the older generations, these 40-year-old boomers can't do tech. My AirPods, here we go. Here we go, here we go, here we go. Ready. Hello, you're listening to Parenting Hell with... One second. Well, you're not ready, are you? No, you're not I ready, wasn't ready. All right, I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm well, ready, I'm ready. say ready. Hello, you're listening to Parenting Hell with... George, can you say Rob? Rob. Beckett. Beckett. And Josh. Josh. Whittacombe. Well done. God, all I'm thinking there is I'm a mess. Hi, guys. <laughs> Josh, I really enjoy the opening of this show, like that little bit. I feel like because we just get to let loose and just say whatever we want, that like when I hear a child trying to say our names, it's almost like a Pavlovian response. I feel like a dog and someone said walk or a lead's got out. Yeah. I feel excited to go. Okay, well, that's because they always get your name right and mine's always the one that goes wrong. (laughs) Well, no, it's a bit of fun, is it? It's a hard name. It is a hard name. Also, always at the end of the register. Always painful. Hi, guys. Oh, it's the world's against you, isn't it, George? The world's fucking... 
I didn't stand a chance. <laughs> Even from the first day of school. Me, I didn't stand a chance. Little old me last again, is it? Fuck so. Well, uh, yeah. Do you know what? Occasionally my name would get cut off the end of the register when there was a substitute teacher. Oh. Hi, guys. <laughs> this is my two-year-old little boy, George, attempting the intro. He is obsessed with cars. So any words other than car is a bonus. Love listening to your podcast. It keeps me laughing on the Tuesday and Friday commute. Can't wait to see you in Manchester in April. Thank you for being so sexy and relatable. Sarah in St. Helens. St. Helens. Ever been? No, but I've met someone from St. Helens and they don't like Wigan. Johnny Vegas. Johnny Vegas. And where my mum and dad go to in Spain, they've got loads of northern mates. Yeah. So they're actually coming to the Manchester podcast live show Ooh. because they've got loads of mates up that way. Have they got any mates in Nottingham who potentially want some tickets? <laughs> what the fuck are you drinking out of, Robbie? Look at the size of that cup. Who got it for me? Screen grab that, Michael. <laughs> you look like you've come out of a 7-Eleven with a 400 out. Look at that. Hey, I got myself a big slurp. <laughs> what the fuck's going on there? How rehydrated do you need to be? It's bigger than your head. you got to be rehydrated, mate. I'm on this fitness journey and I'm having it. Are you? Oh, mate, I'm liquidising. That's not the word. I'm dehydrating. I'm, I'm hydrating. <laughs> That's the one. Yeah, you're not dehydrating. <laughs> I'm liquidising. How am I losing weight? I'm losing all liquid from my body. That's what I've decided yeah. to do. It's mainly water. I just keep drinking loads. Of no, it's, probably, it's mainly water, actually. All that. That's probably why I'm heavy, all the water. Um, no, that's my Stanley Cup. My mum, my mum, Luke. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. What a start. Luke. Finally, I feel better about myself than Rob does about himself. No, so what happened is I've had the kids all day and obviously I say mum for Lou. Yeah. And I said, Lou bought... And also you view her as your mum. Lou bought this for me. It's a Stanley mug. And I've only just realised, like, I think these are popular on TikTok. As in the Stanley Cup, the, the ice hockey? No, no, the oh, blade, right. I think. The blade? As in the Stanley blade. Oh, as in Stanley knife. Yeah, Stanley, yeah. Stanley knife, Stanley blade. Do you know, we've been sent to Breville because we spoke about Breville so much. I know. We've got to start talking about stuff that's more profitable. Like, thanks for sending me a Breville, but they're 24 quid on Argos. Yeah. If I wanted a Breville, like a, I just should definitely start talking about... Um, Do you want to hear something about us being sent to Breville, Rob? What? I've already got one. I'm one of the few people with two <laughs> Brevilles. How are you, Rob? Uh, well, we're not talking about how we are. We're doing a, a special correspondence episode. Yes, to catch up on the correspondence. So... I was going to do a uh, update on my 2022 breakdown. Yes, yeah, so you had a breakdown in 2022, and we, I don't think we covered it extensively. No, but we addressed it. We certainly addressed it. Um, there's not been a full inquiry. However, you've been in a better place since. How would you say I was in 2022 for people that didn't listen to the episode? I'd say that you were stretched beyond belief at home and at work. Yeah, you'd sort of committed to too many things you were trying to please too many people all at the same time which ultimately led to you not enjoying life and feeling stressed and fed up yes I'd say that's fair but I'd say you addressed it I got to the point where I couldn't sleep you, were, you weren't sleeping I was having panic attacks whenever I got in bed in the evening which is not ideal no and then you sort of readdressed it as quick as you could but obviously if you do make changes you've got commitments I'd say it's been a long old journey Rob I'd say you're in a much better place now, but I would say you have slight, like we all do, and I have it as well. I had a bit of a flirpy day yesterday just because lots was going on. But you, you have flirps, but you sort of bring it back quite quickly. Yeah. But you still have, like everyone, little triggers that set off your anxiety. Well, I thought, because I got a lot of people emailed when I did it, uh, that episode. So I thought I'd give them an update to show them what has happened How since. How you're doing. Yeah. Sure. To give you an idea of... um what kind of place I was in then. 
I was in a bad place, Rob. Yeah. I was drinking to get to sleep. Was you? I didn't know you was drinking to get to sleep. Yeah. Yeah, I was having panic attacks. Wine? Yeah, I was whining quite a lot, yeah. And, um... <laughs> bit of fun, that, isn't it? We can all have fun with a serious topic. Yes. Yeah, he was drinking himself to sleep because he had insomnia and he hated his life, but yeah. he can have a little joke about it now. He can have a little joke about it now. Because <laughs> the whole thing was so absurd. So there was this moment, Rob, yeah. when I... I don't know if, even if I'd said about this, when I was on the last leg Christmas special. It's such a special time. Right. Such a special time, filmed in November. And I was dressed as Kermit the Frog <laughs> when Kermit the Frog's Bob Cratchit. Yeah? You know when Kermit the Frog's yeah. Bob Cratchit in... Um, Christmas Carol. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Big time. So I was... Kermit the Frog was Bob Cratchit. <laughs> and I was feeling quite down at this point, Rob. And <laughs> was you down before the outfit? Not even related to the outfit. Mm. Cratchit's not going to help. He, no. he was having a tough time, Cratchit. Exactly. Exactly. You'd think it would have put things in perspective for me. If <laughs> 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 but no... And then the final bit was, of course, I'm sure you're aware of this. It's the only way to celebrate Christmas. Adam Hills and AJ Doodoo singing Step Into Christmas by Elton John, right? Obviously, obviously. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I've got a dress to Elton John behind the keyboard. So what's that? Just backing your normal clothes? Yeah, really nice. Well, no, but we didn't have time to do a full change. Yeah. So it just goes over the top. Right. And there was a moment where I was dressed as Kermit the Frog as Bob Cratchit as Elton John. <laughs> pretending to play keyboards. Yeah. And I thought, I've never been so depressed. (laughs) (laughs) But I've... I think it was a chemical imbalance. But so so that was a low moment. I'd say that was a point when I thought, this isn't ideal. (laughs) No, no, no. I'm in a bad place here. And and had you been busy that week as well? Yeah, but I tell you what has happened, Rob. So the meditation has helped, but the meditation (laughs) could only do so much, right? So I was basically... You can't really meditate in the middle of a show either, can you? No, no, I just mean generally. To be fair, you do look quite fed up. Yeah. I'm going to send it to you as well. We can see that. It's quite nice to look back on that person. It must feel like a different person. It does feel like a different person. Oh, here we go. Yeah, that's it. That's it. (laughs) Fucking hell, what a life. I look so depressed as well. Oh, my God. That is so funny. Oh, I can imagine them directing the shot going, yeah, don't go close up on Josh. He's crying. <laughs> oh, my God. Look at me. <laughs> Do you know what? In my head, I'd plastered on a smile. <laughs> Sometimes you go, you see these people, you wouldn't know they're struggling un- inside. <laughs> no, you can tell he's struggling. <laughs> There's no doubt that man. You even not even stood with everyone. No, I'm like Ashley Cole at Roma. <laughs> Such a great reference. <laughs> oh, that's funny. The worst thing about it. Oh, that's before Elton John's even gone on. <laughs> that's just the first two thirds of the outfit. <laughs> So are you saying you're not even depressed there? No, no, I was depressed all day. Right. Oh, it was a good show. Don't get me wrong. It's okay to laugh about this, though, isn't it? It's, I think it's good. You've got to laugh about it. You're owning it. Yeah, I think you've got to laugh at the because it's fucking absurd. Look at me. Also, well done for getting Ashley Colt Roma in there. That is such a great. 
reference. If they haven't seen that, it's actually Cole joined Roma and he's so obviously not part of the team yet and he can't... If one of the... Um, when we put these on our Instagram, oh. if someone could take the time to Photoshop me standing away from the Roma team group, that'd be ideal. <laughs> obviously me as the Kermit the Frog as Bob Cratchit. Yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. Yeah. Pre-Elton pre job. I don't think we could handle it that so. No, no, exactly. So that was your sort of lowest, yeah. So anyway, let me go back. Let me yeah. go back. So that was actually... You're not going to believe this. <laughs> yeah. That was a couple of weeks after things had started to pick up. <laughs> Sorry, I had a mouthful of Stanley there. Sorry about that. <laughs> so that was, you was on the semi-up from there. So what happened all summer yeah. was awful. I was having those panic attacks trying to go to sleep. Yeah. I was feeling incredibly anxious and depressed. Yeah. Occasionally, if I did get to sleep, well, I'd then the next day feel good. And then it would like the stress of that night would build up. Yeah. And so what was causing it, Josh, looking back, do you think? Like, what was making you get in that state? And had it been building slowly or was yes. it one thing that set it off? So I think it was, it was basically, well, I'll come to this because I went to see a doctor about it, right? So what happened was this was all going on. I was having good periods, like when we did the audio book, I remember that was quite a good period. Yeah. And then you'd have a bad night and it would go bad again and then it would just like suddenly come from nowhere and I was drinking to get to sleep when it was feeling bad which is a very bad thing to do because that's a depressant yeah and so then I remember it came to a head when went on that stag do do you remember going when I went on the stag do to Bruges yes you had to call an ambulance for for someone yeah the best man yeah so when I came back I just felt really really unable to deal with going back to normal life and I was like yeah I can't do this anymore I've been trying to get better for five months and I'm not getting better here. So I went to see a doctor yeah. who... What kind of doctor? A GP or like a psychologist person? A, a GP. A GP. Went to see a GP yeah. and got put on antidepressants, which is, I'm going to say, the best thing that's ever happened to me. Okay. Because when they said it, I was really afraid of it. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Because it sounds really, like, scary. It sounds like admitting you've got a problem. It sounds like admitting that you can't fix it yourself. And you're going to be zoned out and not be able to be you. You're going to be yeah. zoned out. You're not going to be able to feel. You're not going to be able to... And they were like, reassured me on all that. And I was like, look. And also they're like, you've got to do this for six months kind of thing. And so they put me on escitalopram. Yep. And so uh, it takes a few weeks to kick in. Hence Kermit Gate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't really need that when you're on the antidepressants, even though you know that they've got to take yeah. a couple of weeks to get yeah. in. You're like, this is not <laughs> helping. To be fair, that is like a hose pipe on a house fire, yeah, isn't it? Though? Exactly. You're not just like doing the commute to the office job to write Doric the Explorer. No. You are on national television dressed as. <laughs> they said it will take two weeks to kick in for normal people, but if you're going dressed as Kermit as Bob Cratchit, I'd give it four weeks. That's what they said. Because <laughs> that will set you back. The reason I think it's important to talk about it is because I was almost embarrassed by being on them. Yeah, I think it's really important to, to say that, you know, be honest. Yeah. You get two weeks of side effects as I went on to them. And then that go, that went. Yeah. And then it was fine. And then that, uh, my doctor, she was like, you can't drink for the first few weeks just so that we know they're working. Yeah. And I had to go to my friend's 40th and I was really nervous about that. And I was like, I've got to say I'm not drinking. And I sat down with my two mates and I was like, I'm not drinking. They were like, why? And I thought, I just said I'm on medication. And they said, what? Yeah. And I said, mm -hmm. oh, uh, I've been having bad anxiety, so I'm on escitalopram. And both of them were on it as well. <laughs> <laughs> and that's when I kind of first realised, 
how prevalent it is that people have had to go on this. Yes. But it's not talked about at all. No, not at all. One in six people in the UK has been, adults, sorry, has been or is on antidepressants. But it's not talked about like that. So there's a stigma. There's a huge stigma attached. Yeah. Because everyone just goes, go and breathe for a bit. I'm like, well, I might need more than that. (laughs) Exactly. And... I'm not saying it's a long-term... And you've got to try and change your life. Yes. But the way I kind of saw it is I was trying to change my life while I was also having panic attacks to get to sleep. Yes. And it was like trying to change a tyre while going down the motorway. That's a really good way to describe it, yeah. This is just giving me a chance... And that just pauses it to for pause you, just stops it, the car. To let me alter my life choices and way I live my life. And then... If I want to, I can phase the stuff out. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Yeah, yeah exactly. But I just think it's, it was important to say that that's happened because I think if anyone like me, I really saw it as like an admission of failure and embarrassing and stuff like that initially. Yeah. And I don't think... And I thought, well, that's, I, that's not me. I don't want to do it. I've never done... You know, you go, oh, that's not me. That's someone else. And so I just thought it was important to say that on the podcast and also tell the Kermit story. <laughs> No, I, I think that's really, really good. And I think it, like you say, all three of you could have been sat around that table awkwardly not drinking or lying. Yeah. But then as soon as you went, oh, and then you realise other people yeah. are on it, you know. And are you have you eased off on them? Or are you still on them? So they, I'm on less than I was. And I've got a good few months coming up and I'm really putting those aside to work on feeling better and mental health and stuff like that. Yes, they're not working so much. Not working so much. Under- yeah, because like yeah, your diary last year was insane, and that's not the only reason that you're feeling like that. But like you say, if you have no space to think or rest or totally. do a bit of self care or go to the gym or do whatever, you're not going to get better. And I'm still having. You can't just go and I took this pill and I feel better because it's not like that. Yeah. When I feel stressed, I still feel really stressed. I still go fuck. This feels quite 2022. Yeah. And when I meditate, it really helps and stops me being irritated and all these things. But it just gives me a a kind of safety net. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Or a kind of cushion that allows me to function when it's really tough. But also then, hopefully, you know, allows me to rebuild a bit. So there you go. Yeah, you're doing so well, Josh, honestly. Very proud of you. And it's very inspiring to say all of that stuff out loud so other people can hear it or they'll forward it on to someone else to listen to and go, oh, you might get something from this, especially with blokes. No one really admits that kind of thing. Yeah. But that is so important that, like yesterday, it wasn't a bad day, but it was loads of like, you know when stuff sort of doesn't really go your way and like, oh God, now that's been moved and yeah. kids and you know, all yeah, your yeah, schedule yeah. moves and it's been oh fuck it, and you don't stop all day and you run around and then like oh, I was supposed to be going to the gym and it was seven forty five PM and it was like I'd already come home and because one of my kids went well, I had to take the other one to swim in and then bring them back and then I had to go back out again and come back and I was like, Oh, I can't bother to do this and then Lou went, just go, just go. And even if you just go out for an hour or two, just have a bit of quiet time. Yeah. And I got there like twenty minutes early and I sat and did like a bit of meditating or listening to music or whatever it is you do but something where you're just not yeah. on your phone not looking after a kid not doing at work emails and did that for 10 minutes sort of calm down a little bit and then went in the gym and did the training and it was really hard and during it I was like oh god this is really hard but afterwards I felt so good that I'd done it yeah. and then come back then I had more energy and my head was a bit clearer and I think it's so important to make time to do that but if you're just kids are working non-stop it is totally it is brutal i think what's really fascinating about like the way humans work is it's so often the thing that you need the most mentally and physically 
that you discard quickest when you get busy. Yeah, I think it's almost like your anxiety goes, don't do that, because then yeah. I don't win. Yeah, exactly. I yeah. can't exist if that comes up. It's like, yeah. that tells you, oh, don't do that. You don't want to do that because of this. And then you don't do it, and then your brain goes, ha, 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 look, you're a lazy fucker, yeah. aren't you? <laughs> Didn't even do that. <laughs> Whoa, you told me not to. Yeah, because I'm the bad one. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Visit Myrtle Beach. You know what's better than getting away to a beach? Getting together at the beach. Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. They've got over 2,000 restaurants, live music playing all day and night, and endless attractions. This place was made for playing hard and beaching easy. Welcome to 60 Miles Where You Belong. The Beach, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Plan your trip at visitmyrtlebeach.com. Earning your degree online doesn't mean you have to go about it alone. At Capella University, we're here to support you when you're ready. From enrollment counselors who get to know you and your goals, to academic coaches who can help you form a plan to stay on track. We care about your success and are dedicated to helping you pursue your goals. Going back to school is a big step, but having support at every step of your academic journey can make a big difference. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. But yeah, I think for me, it's like a good analogy. So when my brain's really fizzing, I sort of try and think of myself like in a lake mm. and I'm sort of like sinking down a little bit. And on top of the lake is the boats and the whatever, jet skis and swimmers and all that zooming across. That's all my thoughts. And you've got to do this, you've got to do that. And just trying to just pull back away from them a little bit. Yeah. And sort of observe it all going on rather than being in the middle of it, trying to, trying to direct it all. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, Totally. Totally. But like you say, sometimes you can't get to that. I'm at a point now where I've sort of calmed down my diary and done sort of therapy. I never went on to medication, but I've got loads of things in place that help me do all those things. But you can't do them things if your car is still going 100 miles an hour. Yeah. So if you have to have the medication to get you to that point where you can think a bit clearer, then I think it's a great yeah. method to do it. Everyone works differently. Well, it's weird, isn't it? Because it's the only area where medic. If if you said I'm on Ventolin to control my wheezing, yeah, people wouldn't go. Oh, I don't know about that. Yeah, are you worried it's going to make your breath weird? Or are you still going to be the same job? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> the one thing I'll say about the sleeping thing, yeah. just as the final thing, which because I didn't answer your question on to what you thought the sleeping thing was. Oh yes, and for ages I thought the reason I'm anxious is because I'm not sleeping. And however many times people told me that insomnia is a result of anxiety and depression i wouldn't accept it in my head really and the thing that made me go to the doctor really was realizing that that is exactly what was happening is that i was having panic attacks when i was going to sleep that was a result of anxiety it was just a symptom of it the sleeping wasn't a thing that had been it was a created by me my body going i can't deal with the way you're living anymore yeah so that's really i go to sleep fine now oh that's good I was away in hotels and I was I went straight to sleep in a hotel, which was always the thing I struggled with. So fingers crossed, things are on a very positive note. Good work, Josh. Very impressed. But it was just 10 years of existing on, like, adrenaline. Yeah. Of pushing from one thing to another to another to another. Yeah, and also it's that kind of thing. In your personality, you are slightly neurotic. You get yeah, excited totally. about things and all that. And that, but that's who you are. Yeah. But it's in now, in a much more manageable way, rather than it eating into your thoughts all the time. Yeah. You know, that kind of stuff. So Totally. The show's still funny, even though you're happier. <laughs> which was a worry at one point. I was like, oh, God. Yeah, it'd be good for him to 
calm down a bit, but I still want him coming on in moaning. Like we said before, no, it's not fun being around a Zen person, is it? No, it's not fun being around a Zen person. Shall we read some emails about people's kids swearing and their parents from boomer generations bullying them? Yeah, so let's have a look at this. Do some actual correspondence. Yeah. You fucking droning on about your mental health, mate. Yeah, bloody hell, but... <laughs> I can't believe how depressed I look in that Kermit photo. In my head, I'd covered the whole thing up completely. Really? Yeah. You thought you'd put on a smile? Yeah. Brilliant. Right, do you want a parenting fail? Yes. Here we go. Parenting fail. When we potty trained my son, we used a travel potty which had a fox on it with a handle and a seal-tight lid system from odours and spillages so that our son could go anywhere, anytime. After my son had got the hang of using this, he soon moved onto the toilet. We decided to keep the travel potty in the bathroom because he also used it as a step to be able to wash his hands at the sink. After several months, I decided it was time to get rid of the potty. They are quite expensive to buy new, £30, so I thought it would be a good idea to give it a clean and bleach it and pop it on Facebook Marketplace. I couldn't get the lid open, so I decided to take some pictures anyway and left it for my husband to try and open later when he got home. Oh, no. Very quickly, I had an offer on the potty. I told the buyer that I needed to give it a quick clean and then they would be able to collect it that evening. As soon as my husband got home, I set in the task of opening and cleaning the potty. I also couldn't pull the lid open. We thought perhaps because my son had used it as a step, maybe the lid had broken or had been pushed too far into the seal. I decided to try using a spoon to run the seal and open and pull back to our horror a massive black smushed poo inside. Oh, my God. Before the lid opened, there was honestly no odour whatsoever. Oh, my God. But as soon as it opened, it was the most putrid, smelly black tar substance in front of us. I asked my son if he used a potty at all. He just stared blankly at us. The amount of play dates and children coming and going, we still to this day have no idea who did it or how long it had been there. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I immediately shoved the lid back on and threw the potty away. I messaged the buyer and lied and told them that someone had replied to me sooner and picked it up. To this day, I still think, hands down, the most disgusting parenting foul. On the bright side, I still would highly recommend the travel potty, as when they advertise as no odours or spillages, they do really mean... No odours. That is absolutely disgusting. I forgot about the black poo tar. My friends have just had babies and my brother, so there's lots of baby chat in the group. You've got to say, though, we've escaped the worst smell ever and someone's got that in through another one of our topics. I know. Do you want to hear another disgusting story? I was chatting to my, yeah, yeah. Um, a friend of mine and they said that they've got a two-year-old boy who's a bit... Loves whipping all his clothes off and going naked. Yeah. And he especially loves whipping all his clothes off and bumping down the stairs right. on his bum. Yeah. Did a massive poo in his nappy, yeah. whipped it off, and then just skid marked down 10 steps. Oh, my God. On the oh carpeted stairs. Oh, no. Oh, no. So he had to get a professional carpet cleaner, and it was 10 steps of oh shit. Oh, my God. Just slid all the way down the middle like a giant skid mark. <laughs> Absolutely awful. Yeah. Right, I've got some boomers here, Josh. Dear Rob and Josh, the sexiest, most modern and relatable men in comedy. Do you like that? Too bloody right. Too bloody right. So modern. I've been loving the stories about children's artwork. I mean, when you say sexy and relatable, I literally did just think, oh, I've got a bit of a headache. I need to have an eye test. And I thought I need to write down, I need to have an eye test at that exact moment as I was being called sexy. Well, we know how well my uh, anecdotes about eye tests go. Exactly. Yeah, let's hope. Let's not get bogged down by the optician again. Okay. When you go over 30, though, they do blow in your eye. I don't know if that happens over 40. Let me know what happens when you're over 40 if they do something else to your eye. Yeah. When you're 60, they have to put your finger up your ass to check your prostate. So I don't know if at 40, they'll do something else to your eye because your eyes are older. 
take it out and polish it. Yeah. <laughs> Pop that back in. Good as new. <laughs> okay. I've been loving the stories about children's artwork and it's triggered a boom of parenting story. As a child in the early 80s, I'd bring home numerous pictures from primary schools covered in glitter, dried pasta yeah. and thick poster paint. Dried pasta doesn't really happen anymore now, does it? Or are you still doing it? In... No, it's not as big a deal, no, is I it? I remember that. Maybe it's a food wasted. Yeah. It's probably difficult to, on the one day, get parents to give kids stuff to give to a food bank and then the next day be making yeah. art out of dried pasta. Yeah, it's not, it's not really on, is it? That'd be my theory. Anyway, my mum was always enthusiastic about my terrible art and had a way of making me feel that my pictures were extra special. Big mistake. She told me that the fairies wanted my artwork to wallpaper the caves they lived in. She said the fairies would visit the cupboard under the stairs every Tuesday night to collect my pictures. <laughs> Brilliant. Oh, so every Tuesday night, I carefully placed my masterpieces in the cupboard. Oh, and when I checked no. every Wednesday morning, they had magically gone. This is horrible. Fucking hell, this is brutal. <laughs> but lovely, but brutal. They had been. I had visions of fairies excitedly hanging my art on their cave walls, but no. Years later, my mum told me Tuesday night was bin night and on Wednesday morning, the dustman carted off all my pictures. Oh, my God. She gosh. didn't keep a single one. What? That, no. That's unbelievable. How bad were they? No remorse at all. Lisa, Leslie, no, come on. Oh, that's a shame. It's froze some, but some are good. Yeah. I'm keeping a lot of theirs. I love them. We go through the pile and we're like, I'd say we keep one in seven. Keep or chuck. Yeah. It's the closest we get to Tinder in our house, really. Lou. <laughs> <laughs> just swipe left and right on another drawing hi Robin Josh I'm a long time listener I wanted to share my boomer story about my dad hoping it would help as some sort of therapy I was around the age of 7 or 8 so around 80 or 81 I was excited to be having a birthday party at my house a traditional affair of around 10 school friends for jelly ice cream jam sandwiches musical bumps pass the parcel sleeping lions and the classic hunt the peg what's that what the fuck's hunt the peg I don't know. Oh, here. For younger listeners, the clue is in the name. Pegs are hidden around the house, and the child who finds the most pegs wins a prize. I don't think you need to add that competitive energy to a birthday party, personally. No, no. My dad said I was very clumsy, and if I broke or spilt anything, he always moaned about me not doing any things by halves. Imagine his anger when, in my haste to be the champion peg finder, I smashed an antique lamp worth a large amount of money. He was furious. So furious, he stopped the party. No. <gasps> you didn't. We didn't even have cake and sent all my friends home. What Fuck a prick. Yeah, no, that is not Fuck Tom. off. I'm sorry about this, Natalie, but that is bang out of order. What a self-indulgent <laughs> But send love to your dad. Um, he sadly passed away last night. <laughs> 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 there you go. In those days, no parents stayed at the party, so 10 children were sent into the street. What? Oh, this my... gets better. They were sent into the street to find their own way home, and what? I was sent to my room. <gasps> I was sent to my room to think about my actions. Needless to say, I had literally never had a birthday party since and can't think of anything worse. Oh, Natalie. Oh, my God, Natalie. Let's organise a birthday party for Natalie. This is fucking awful. We'll find the peg. Yeah, but she's not coming around my house, not with her butterfingers. Don't want her smashing on <laughs> me. Don't want her smashing up. Imagine your knickknacks are going flying. Yeah, no way. Natalie, you're... <laughs> let's rent a room and you're putting down the deposit because I don't trust you with any of the items in it. <laughs> I asked him about it a few years ago, thinking he would have forgotten or would deny it, but he had the good grace to admit it and happened to look ashamed of himself. Oh, fair enough. At least he knows that was not okay. Yeah, yeah. Usual caveat applies. He was actually a really great dad, and the 1780s weren't too bad. Rolly eye emoji. <laughs> well, I think that was terrible, but at least he's 
apologise and is ashamed of it. Yeah, I, I'd have liked to grow up in the 70s and 80s, I think. I think it's quite a good time to grow up. I don't think, I think you'd be a lamb to the slaughter, mate. Here we go, let's keep you a bit more lighter. Okay, oldest things your kid says. My two-year-old, every now and then, when he gets up off the floor, says, Oof, me knees need to stretch. <laughs> <laughs> He has clearly been taking note of my husband and I, who are pretty active for mid-30s, but feeling it in our bones and muscles, oh, Pip. That's quite Alan Bennett, isn't it? Oh, must get up and I need to stretch. This episode is brought to you by Rakuten. Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% cash back at hundreds of stores, including headliners, Ulta, Ray-Ban, and Canon. Rakuten is how in-the-know shoppers get the best savings. They shop the brands they love and earn cash back on top of deals during Big Give Week, May 6th to May 13th. The cash back rates are even bigger. I'll be shopping for Adidas and Fenty. You can save on everything you need for summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. Join today for free and get an extra 10% cash back boost. That's an extra 10% cash back on top of Big Give Week's 15% cash back. You won't see higher cash back rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. Hi, I'm going to whisper some things to you now about crunch chocolate bars. Because apparently this whispering thing is a thing that makes you feel things. It's saying something crunchy is coming in the candy wrapper language. Mm. Imagine your tongue hiking up those crispy, rocky ridges. Now, drum roll, please. Wow, that's good. Crunchy, munchy chocolate doesn't whisper. Turn up the fun with Crunch. Oldest thing kid says, my six-year-old was hosting one of his many home-based talent shows. Yes, please. My ticket said... The Magic Show, spelled M-A-J-I-K. And he told me it was £10 for a ticket. The theatre, a.k.a. Playroom, had been open a few minutes and I was juggling this with prepping tea. And he came through and said, hurry up, I'm trying to earn a living here. <laughs> That's from Joanne. I'm talking about a six-year-old. I like that. These are really good, aren't they? Really strong. Another one. Just listening to your latest podcast on funny things children say, my four and a half year old son is currently wanting to know the names of all the organs, body parts, and what their purpose is. When he was asking about his bits and what they were called, I replied with willy and testicles. Yeah. He now calls his testicles his tentacles and thinks they grow more willies. <laughs> That's Laura in Cardiff. I wouldn't say he's an expert in biology. Hey, guys. I recently started listening to you whilst training for the London Marathon, running and laughing. Yes, it's possible. I wanted to message in regards to something my now five-year-old said when she was two. I rubbed her cheek and I said, I love your face. Why are you so beautiful? She looked up at me and said, I love your tits. <laughs> A little bit of context, though. She was breastfed as a baby, so maybe it was that. Jade, 421 months. Oh, Jade, just say out there, you've got great tits. That is incredible. Just accept it, Jade. I love your tits. Even a two-year-old can incredible. acknowledge them. That is absolutely incredible. Well done, Jade. Well done, Jade. I've got one more here for you. Oh, I got My son just come out with an absolute corker of saying things wrong. He just called Weetabix weighted dicks. Really nice. And he's four. And there's no excuse for getting it wrong from Katie. A weighted dick. There's no excuse for getting it wrong. 
That's a, that's a fun way to live your life, Katie. There we go. Thank you for listening. Oh, do we need to do a small business shout out for this one? Oh my God, yeah. Oh, we've just got an email, Rob. Oh yeah, go on. Do you want me to read it out? Yep. Some brilliant news. Parenting Hell has been shortlisted for the audiobook of the year. Get in. At the National Book Awards, open brackets, Woo! the Oscars for books, Fucking if you like. right and all. Take my wife's name out of your motherfucking <laughs> mouth. When is it, Josh? Massive congrats to Rob and Josh on this. It's hugely well-deserved, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. The news is confidential. Oh, shit. No, but this is fine until 9am tomorrow morning. Oh, 9 a.m. tomorrow. Then feel free to make as much noise as you like. Yeah. There we go, Rob. Well done. Well done, guys. Well done. That literally arrived there and then. Thank you for buying it, guys. All right, Josh, small business. Here we go. Small business. Oh. I'm Gary Essex. <laughs> Good start. I like this guy. I like him already. From Essex Bakery, from Colchester, Essex. <laughs> go on, gal. I live here with my wife, Nat, and two small girls. No, two girls. I don't know why I said small. Sophie and Sasha. Sophie 11, Sasha 7. Yeah. We run Essex Bakery with our friend Craig Essex. No, he's not. Our friend Craig. <laughs> Craig and Gary. You told me where they're from. It's definitely East London or like Essex. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Nat and I love listening to your amazing podcast while we make our chocolate brownies. Craig doesn't have any kids that he knows of. Hey, hey. But we all love hearing your stories and the troubles and joys that being a parent brings all of us. Our small yeah. business is all about handmade chocolate brownies, which are all gluten free. Oh, lovely. Lovely stuff. Yeah. We are at Essex Bakery Brownies on social media or our website is www.essexbakery.co.uk. Thanks, Gary Essex. Gary Essex, good luck. Here we go. I've got one here. Hello, I was hoping to request a small business shout out for my friend's new business, The Planting Designer, a super keen and talented gardener. She balances being an assistant head teacher with caring for two small children, also while setting up her new venture. The Planting Designer works with you to create bespoke tailored designs for your outdoor space that are practical, sustainable and beautiful. Based in Lincolnshire, she supports clients across the East Midlands. You can find more details on our website, theplantingdesigner.co.uk or on Instagram or Facebook at The Planting Designer. Thanks so much, Jess Lincoln. Lovely stuff. Brilliant. Great episode. Get yourself a brownie, get yourself a plot part. Gary Essex topped it off. Thank you very much for listening. See you later. There's a man walking. What's that? There's a man out my window, Rob. Yeah. But he's walking behind a wall with a ladder and it looks like a ladder's walking along. <laughs> Lovely stuff. I'd argue not great for an audio format. No. No. Should have ended when we did. Yeah. Bye. Bye. If you like Josh Winnicombe, you're in luck. That's because the co-host of Parenting Hell and The Last Leg Maestro is the guest on the first episode of the Always Be Comedy podcast. Out now and with me, your host and MC at Always Be Comedy, James Gill. Each week, the cream of comedy curates their fantasy comedy gig. Who'd open? Who'd close? What gig nightmare do they never want to relive? All this and much, much more. It's essentially comedy gossip and chat. You know, I remember this the other day, my first ever gig. Oh, it was like a Friday night open mic night. And they said, we'll just announce you on when you're on. We haven't got a running order. It's a bit free form. I got to the end of the night and then they wrapped it up and they'd forgotten no. to put me on. Oh, and I'd no, sat there the no. whole night. We've also got Stuart Lee, Harry Hill, Jen Brister, Ben Bailey-Smith, Maisie Adam, Al Murray, Rachel Paris, and many, many more coming up. That's the Always Be Comedy podcast 
out now with new episodes every Tuesday. I'm Ivo Graham. And I'm Alex Keeley. We're stand-up comedians who love music. And we'd like to tell you about our new podcast, Gig Pigs. Alex and I have been watching live music together for years, so we've decided to compromise this hobby, and potentially our friendship, by turning it into a project. Every episode, we'll be going to a gig, and then discussing it afterwards with the friends who came along to Third Wheel Us. Asking questions like, did you enjoy the gig? Did you check the setlist in advance? Did you appreciate the artist's mid-song banter? Did this gig profoundly change your relationship with live music? Was the cloakroom queue prohibitively long? We've been to Franz Ferdinand with Rose Matafeo and Emma City, Kendrick Lamar with Phil Wang, and The Cure with Cellular AB. And next month, we're going with Ed Gamble to watch Napalm Death. Episodes are out from this Thursday and every Thursday thereafter until attending live music once a week with a different guest becomes logistically impossible. We have no idea how soon that could be, so join us now by going to your preferred podcast platform and searching Gig Pigs. Hello and welcome to the trailer of Oh My Dog with me, Jack D. And me, Sean Walsh. In our new weekly podcast, we'll be revealing the most intimate, ridiculous details of our relationships with our beloved dogs. I have the delightful, spirited Mildred Barrett, who is a cockapoo. Yeah, my streetwise best friend is Dolly, the long-haired chihuahua that we rescued. (laughs) We'll be asking the all-important questions like, does your dog sleep in your bed? Do you let your dog kiss you on the mouth? And what voice do you use when you're speaking to your dog? Come here, I'll give you the squeezes and give you the rubby bellies because you're the mourners. What are you doing? What are you doing, Sean? I'm doing the voice that I use to speak to Mildred. Oh, thank goodness for that. We'll also get our equally dog-obsessed guests. What what are you doing? I'm carrying on with the trailer. I know that you speak to Dolly with a voice. Do the voice. I'm not... I'm not, no, I'm not going to do that now. I'm going to do the me. voice. We want to hear the voice. Hello, my darling. Have you been a good girl today? Have you, what are you going to do? Have you missed me? Have you missed me? Good girl. <laughs> it's not funny. It's how I talk to her. Don't, don't mock it. Over the coming weeks, you'll be hearing from the likes of Jonathan Ross, Amanda Abingdon, and Sarah Cox about their faithful four-legged friends. Make sure you subscribe now so you don't miss our first episode on Monday the 6th of March. You are very much part of the podcast too, so get in touch by emailing us at hello at omdpod.com or follow us on Instagram at omdpod. If you are not in the queue and you are waiting, then step to the side. He got in touch. He said, yeah, sorry, mate. You didn't seem like yourself the other day. You've only met me three times. The self-service checkout. I don't care what you're called. I'm not getting tricked into working here. People at festivals in those stupid jester hats. I glanced at a tampon. £2.69 <laughs> for a bottle of water. Why is your Wi-Fi Social code media 10 characters long? starts guiding you. I don't care Boot if you're watching. Boot cut jeans. What's upset you now? I'm Sean Walsh. And I'm Paul McCaffrey. We are the hosts of What's Upset You Now? The UK's angriest podcast. And we are back for Series 5. Booyah! We all love a good moan, don't we? And Sean and I, well, Sean mostly, are two of the best in the absolute business. And every Tuesday and Thursday, we moan about all those little things that really get our goat. We also have guests. What guests have we had, Sean? We have had Romish Ranganathan, Rob Beckett, Mark Lamar, Joe Brand, Catherine Ryan... 
Tom Allen. 15 minute episodes every Tuesday and Thursday. Brand new What's Upset You Now, Series 5, out now. Oh, for God's sake. Soap from the Box is the TV podcast that goes behind the scenes of the nation's favourite shows, including Coronation Street, Emmerdale, Hollyoaks and EastEnders. You know, it was literally, we couldn't sort of go anywhere we was, you know, without being recognised. I'm Lee Salisbury and I directed the shows and the stars in them. On this podcast, I delve where no one else has been. You can listen to over 70 episodes right now with stars including Sue Johnston, Glynis Barber, Denise Welsh, Sid Owen, Sally Dynava and Danny Minogue. No more, no more. In this week's episode, I chat to the star of one of the biggest Christmas films of all time. Hi, I'm Martine McCutcheon. Yes, Love Actually and EastEnders actress Martine McCutcheon goes behind the scenes with me, especially for you. It's such a beautiful thing, like, to be part of your legacy, to leave behind. Soap from the Box, the TV podcast you don't want to miss.